Welcome everyone to Loud and Proud Orlando. It's Monday, April the 17th. Let me uh, put uh, Cesar Araujo out of, out of the screen <laughs> right now. Uh, 8.36 uh, p.m. Thank you so much for being live with us. About seven or six people live. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, well, you know, the beacon of positivity, this show has arrived, right? Um you know, a win or a loss, it is possible in this sport. And the good thing is that Orlando won. Right? And I think we're all happy. Right? right? We should all be happy about this win. Massive win away by Orlando City. And now uh, it brings us to the discussion of, okay, you won. What's next? Right? And so what's next is DC United and LA Galaxy, two teams that are not in the best shape. Uh, I think out of the two, I'll say DC United, um, it's in the best shape if you look at the standings. Uh, but you cannot, um, you know, look, look down on them. You have to, I think, get six out of six out of these two games coming up. I think... Uh, by getting six out of six, there's going to be a monotone silence in the OC, OCSC world. Monotone silence, uh, you know. Uh, and I think uh, it will be great for the fans to to see their team win, get two back to back wins at home. I think it's it's we need to we need to cut that. You know, we need to cut that bad streak, right, John? So we're going to talk about what happened uh, against Minnesota, right? Uh, exciting stuff coming out of that. Also, unfortunately, the Pride lost 10 minutes under death against, um, you know, uh, in, the, in the NWSL. The season just started, okay? Gotham had some, really had no chance, but, you know, they capitalized on the chances they created the last 10 minutes. And then OCB with their first L against Atlanta, right? But uh, they've been killing it and playing exciting soccer, uh, OCB. So we're definitely happy to to also bring you some exciting news coming up in the next few days uh, regarding uh, what's coming up with the pod. So we're definitely, if you listen to us, thank you so much. If you're watching, drop us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, click on the notification bell for all notifications. Thank you so much for your support. And John, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. Yeah, I was uh, pleasantly surprised to kind of run away with three points. And, uh, you know, it's always whenever we play Adrian and you know his team, I'm always like, oh, is this going to go well or bad? Like he's he's a smart tactical manager, and I think Oscar did a, a great job to go there and take three points away from a place that uh, is very difficult to get three points at, right? Um, was the performance 100%, you know, was it a polished, perfect performance? I would say no. I think there's a lot that we could improve on for sure. Uh, but sometimes it's nice to take the three points even when you're not particularly playing well. And I think that's something that Orlando City doesn't do very often. Like we, there's teams that they talk about having that winning like sort of mentality. Like, like Man City have this where even when Man City's playing badly, they can go ahead and get that three points, right? And that's something that certain teams have in their locker. Like LAFC have that in their locker, right? Even when they're not on their own day, they've got enough about them where they can steal three points. 
Um, and if that's something that Orlando City starts to develop as a weapon where we can get the win even when we're not playing well, I would I'd love to have that in our arsenal of things that we can do. So this was a surprise one where, you know, we, we kind of stole three points a little bit. And, um, oh, massive. and yeah, and I think that the performance obviously had, had issues and we can talk about that, but uh, you got to celebrate a win, you know, it's nice. I like it and I'll take it. And our waveform is, is great. You know, we went to Philly, took three points. We went to Minnesota, took three points. Like, we can turn that into home form, then uh, then we'll really be uh, ticking and we'll be starting to climb that table in no time. I want to be a negative Nancy, John. Okay, go. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was going to say, you, I'm the more negative one. You're, right, you're, right, you're right. always Mr. Sunshine. I want to be negative. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Tiro de Esquina podcast. I want to say hello to Paola and Alec. That they're probably in the plane enjoying uh, their time away. Well-deserved vacation. Uh, missing the pod today, but listening from the plane. I will be back soon. Let's go. Vamos Orlando. Three points Three points on Saturday. Paola, there you go. Paola, uh, hopefully everything uh, Hopefully everything went well with you guys. Uh, you know, and uh, I'm glad that you were able to enjoy that time. Um uh, so so let's start uh, to me and we were talking this uh, off the record we're about 13 people live drop us a thumbs up thank you so much for your support thank you to Orlando City Communications for the footage uh, on and the, and the pictures so thank you so much for that um, let's look at the video I mean uh, uh, so first let's start before we put the video the lineup right so this was the lineup that was on for the game so in my opinion the reason why orlando city had such a good comeback and performance uh was because their wingers were on point i think uh it was one of the best games for gaston gonzalez and ivan angulo didn't really have a tough matchup like he maybe did against nashville um i think um Minnesota's defense had some gaps and couldn't contain him. And he felt very confident in that role, going, doing the whole back and forth on the wing. He felt comfortable. Uh, he felt uh, also that Rodrigo, when he when he was going back, will kind of, in a way, help him out there, I'm marking some of the you know players from Minnesota coming in transition. And... Uh, you know, I do want to say that that's, I think, one of the reasons why Orlando truly won those balls, throwing those balls, Gonzalez throwing those balls to the, you know, to the edge of the box and, you know, just trying for a striker to capitalize on them. So um, another thing uh, was Torres and Ojeda playing with a lot of freedom uh, up top, right? And uh, and Enrique being that nine, that false nine. Uh what were your high points um, out of this game, uh, John? This I, mean, I think you nailed it. I think the high points are Gonzalez and Angulo, right? This oh. this formation they're playing is the left and right wing back, and I think right. that gets the maximum out of their skill set in the sense that they're like Gonzalez and Angulo are really like what I call true wingers in the sense that they just want to run up and down their wing. They want to be able to do everything on the attacking side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. And in this position, they're able to have all that space to do that. And you really saw both goals. They went, you know, the Gonzalez 
played it all the way across to Angulo. And then the second one, Gonzalez is part of that goal as well, coming from the left-hand wing. So it gives them a great role to play, and it suits those two in particular, their skill set and what they're best at. And it creates a lot of overlap, right? It's, it's kind of your defenders, your left back or your right back, the opposition is, is watching Torres and Ojeda and what they're doing and their movements. And then you've got overlapping them, Gonzalez and Angulo. So when it worked, when it, when it actually started to function later in the game, and you saw that, that's where our goals came from. Those are the chances that created. So that's a huge advantage, a major plus of playing this formation and this way, which we haven't seen since preseason, but I did, I did like it in preseason. Um, I think there are some minuses to this formation as well, and, and we can come back to, to what this, I think, defensively causes some issues for us a little bit when we play this way. I also believe that the three center backs right out back, they probably weren't. I mean, I know that Schlegel was just kind of in a way trying to help out Angulo with some of the load and maybe well, Jensen. Schlegel was playing that like left side of the right. Side. And, and That's then, the thing on the, on the right. screen. It, I'm, right. Like, yeah. Antonio shows, was playing the right of yeah. the three center backs, Jensen in the middle, and Schlegel on the left. And so Schlegel was helping Gonzalez and. Um, Antonio Carlos is helping Angulo. Like that's with this formation, that's what you have to do. You're kind of they're almost like wide center backs, and they have to go out wide and cover when your wing backs go high up the field. And I think that's where we saw we we're getting exposed a lot by Minnesota was they, you know, Adrian knows the weakness that this formation causes is that problem. There's a lot of space in behind those wing backs, and he he, you know, they use that to their advantage and. And probably should have, you know, created more chances out of that. Like they did in the first half, that was the main way that they got in behind our wingbacks and caused problems. Yeah, and then you know there was there was really not a lot, enough speed, in my opinion. If you're playing those three backs, you got to be a speedy back. Like you yeah, gotta, like you, you gotta can see they're flat-footed. I could see Antonio Carlos, and I'm saying with all due respect, I'm not trying to. You know, he's a fantastic center back. I think the past three seasons, if it wasn't for injuries, he could have been top top five in the MLS as a center back. But uh, I believe that he's still kind of getting used to getting back into rhythm. And uh, you know, you're ask you're playing against you know the attack of of Minnesota, which I'm going to put in. I'm going to say that's the reason why. If you look at uh, that kid that we were saying that we saw that, that I did it, the tweet uh, on Loud and Proud, you know, their secret weapon, Young, right? And Lude and Hallwain, those three guys like were a nightmare. I mean, they were fast, they were physical. Uh, Young was more of like a 10. Uh, Garcia literally was a false nine. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Long Wayne and Lude will will cut through the middle, kind of like a point, uh, like a like an arrow, you know, like a, like a, the point of an arrow, you know, just trying to attack. And who they get uh, on on our side, they will get Jensen and Schlegel, and that's how their goal came about. That's how the goal came about. So tactically, if we're gonna play this lineup, two things could happen: either you're going to have a fantastic night of your win backs. Like I think we did with Angulo and Gonzalez and compensate that with opportunities and chances created and scored. 
and, and you're going to have some deficiencies out in the in the center back role. And I think you, if you keep practicing this system, and you know, you just stick to the system, I think we could find some rhythm uh, playing playing like this. Uh, but for the first try, getting a massive win away, um, I'll take it. You know, uh, I'll take the win. Another thing was. Um, Hold on one sorry second. I was wondering, did we play this way against Cincinnati at home for that nil-nil loss? I was trying to think, did we actually play this already at this point in the season? Was uh, it the know. three center backs and wing backs that day? Let me double check. Uh, that's the only time I think we used it, but I agree entirely with you that you need very athletic center backs yeah. to play this way. And I think that we that's not really our strength in our squad. Also, I'd say Depth-wise, in center back, we have a real issue, you know. So right now, Antonio is back. But what happens when Janssen goes down injured or Antonio goes injured again, you know, knock on wood and Schlegel? Then, you you know, we don't have another really center back on that bench at the moment. You've got Salim, who's playing an OCB that potentially could slot in, you know. But then you're looking maybe we're playing Kyle Smith as a center back, what we've seen before, which I don't really like to do. So I think that they're... This formation, I agree, definitely, if we played it more, we could work out a lot of those those errors that we were seeing. Like, you get used to it and the way it would work. And Angulo and Gonzalez would get better at covering back and helping out. But I also think that it relies on center backs that we don't really have. So I'm a little bit tentative to say that this is the way we should play going forward. Yeah, Unless and, in the uh, summer we and we, played, we played something similar. We play something similar against Cincinnati, uh, which is different players. Was it something similar, right? It was a five at the back kind of. Or yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was. It, was it depends on how you look at it. The three center backs were Salim, Schlegel, and Smith. Um, and then it was Holiday and Gonzalez as your win backs. And then so we, you ha- we have seen that he wants to use this. Like this is yeah, this is a pattern now. Like he used it in preseason. We've seen it in one game. So there's certain opposition that Oscar is deciding this is the way he wants to play. Whether he's going to play this way every week, I don't know. I I suspect against DC we're going to go back to the four two three one. Um, would you disagree, Luis? Do you think that we're going to see this going forward, or what do you what do you think is more likely against DC? No, I mean I think we can we can totally play against DC, um, uh, you know this system, and I think we should stick to it. Uh, I think uh, LA has maybe a little bit more of a better defense, in my opinion, um, and I will consider them more of a, like a little threat because they're a Western team. But when it comes to DC, you can take those you can take those chances, and I think. I think the boys won, won, won that chance too, to you know to show everyone what they can do and that they can play. Uh, I mean, it wasn't the it wasn't their best game away. I'll have to say, right? Uh, it wasn't their the best away win, uh, performance wise. Uh, but it was a win nonetheless. And the whole point out of this game called soccer is it doesn't matter how you play. It matters if you win. You could you could look beautiful playing the sport. I want to say hello to FC Barcelona, right? You know my team from Spain, right? Uh, they play gorgeous, freaking a thousand passes a game, but for what? 
for for them to touch the ball a thousand times and then score once or maybe like not even score or maybe for the other team to just cut you off guard and score three on you so uh, it, it doesn't really that you have to play smart so i think uh pareja i'm sure he has a list uh, i'm just assuming this I, i'm not but I, i'm 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 looking at this if if i was right in his shoes uh, a list of the calendar and just kind of knowing what system to play against what team right and throw a little curveball here and there but then ha he has to have at least two systems that he plays consistently And I think that consistency is going to make the players to gel better. And then eventually you're going to see automation between the players. They, they know what positions they're playing, yeah. you know, and, and that's what's going to create more of dynamic mid. Uh, I didn't the see other, a dynamic uh, mid against Minnesota, to be honest with you. I didn't see the no, ball. The other thing the I say about this is I thought the nice thing when we started was this – puts a little bit of space between Ojeda and Torres. Like we talked about before, yeah. that they're often each other's way. Um, and I was hoping that maybe in this formation, we would see them kind of come alive and uh, start to really get into the, the season, but it wasn't the case. And I think um, that kind of brings me on to this point that I want to talk about. And I saw a few people tweeting about, and I read that um, Matt Doyle put out, you know, his usual armchair analyst. And I think he gets it. Yeah, uh, 100% right. And I just want to read you guys his uh, quote that Mauricio Ferreira, Pacutares, and Martin Ojeda all want the ball to feet and who thus don't necessarily create a ton of space off the ball. So it's probably not surprising then that the equalizer came from a wing back and then the winger and uh, winner came from Duncan McGuire, who did Duncan McGuire things, burying a loose ball in the box. McGuire does not need the ball to be effective. I think that's the real part there. So it's essentially that. You've got players in Ojeda and Torres who, as you said, they want the ball to feed, right? They're more like kind of pass it to me. I'll lay it off one to make the move like that. They're not necessarily guys who are moving around in the box, attacking the ball. And I think that's exactly what happened when you made some subs and you saw things change. Duncan McGuire comes on. We're a bit more direct and a bit more aggressive. And that's what changes the style of play and gets you those two goals Um, late in the game when before we hadn't really been creating anything. And I think uh, Ojeda coming off and then the game kind of changed was very right. telling that maybe he was not helping in this game. Maybe he was more of a hindrance in this game. Um, but again, it's not just on him. Faku is it's not looking like the Faku from last season. And whether it's in this formation or another formation, those problems persist, right? So Oscar still has to figure out how to get those guys working together in a, in a fluid attack that has some, again, some consistency. Like we want to see Ojeda in the same position doing similar things. We want to see Torres in a, you know, a same position each week. Like who, if there's no 10, that's fine. Who's playing the left wing? Who's playing the right wing? I think there's a little bit too much freedom and Oscar needs to give them a little bit more structure in that attack and try to say, these are your roles and, and sort of take a little bit of that freedom away. Because right now I think it's, it's, yeah, they're, they're just doing whatever they want, which is great, but it's, they're all doing the same thing. So yeah. So you're not so, seeing any variation. Yeah. So here, if, if you're listening, uh, we're playing the, the B roll. Thank you to Orlando city communications. 
And we're going we're 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 kind of seeing the the pattern here. Uh, Gonzalez throws that ball, uh, looking for the striker to just pretty much, uh, you know, try to get to it and score. Uh, puts it through Boxel's legs. Now Boxel, to me, I'm just completely honest. I've seen him in his national team duties. He's not scared of me. I mean, he he's a, a center back should not eat this type of ball. So that's just my opinion, right? Uh, and then, like you were saying, John, off the record, everyone sees that ball go through. He just should. He just expected someone to be there, right? And so that's where you see Enrique, right? Enrique should should be R nine, right? And he's just uh, running behind I mean, the ball. He's three yards behind where he should be. Let's right. be honest. He's not where he should be there. And- Sit. Yeah, and neither is Torres or Ojeda, really. Like, all three of them should. One of them needs to attack that ball, and mm-hmm. it's almost lucky that it goes to Angulo. And then it goes to Angulo, and then Angulo that just has a magical, like a shot. It was just per- perfection. It's like just puts it in, and you know he he scores. Uh, now, if we would have had Duncan there. He's going to try to fight for those balls that go across the box, right? That's like how he scored every goal for us. It's just him being in the box and, you know, essentially just attacking the ball, right? Like he, he's so um, – he's like a dog with a bone. Like when that's how I describe it. Like whatever happens, that ball comes in the box, he's going to get somehow get himself in the right position to get it in the back of the net. And yeah, another I, just, thing, I don't I, see that in Enrique. It's a different kind of striker, right? Maybe you have to evaluate. I mean, again, you know, I'm not trying to downplay DC, but DC is a game that Orlando has to win. I mean, it's 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 a it's a team that it's really not doing so great, and uh, they have some good players, but they they don't have the roster Orlando has. So, uh, with that being said, if Facundo's not working right now uh, in that position where he's in right now, uh, put him as a striker. He's played that role in, in, you know, you're playing the false nine. He's a dynamic player. He can play with both feet, you know, uh, try to maybe see if, if that will work for him here and there. Maybe. Uh, but I think Orlando needs not to, they need consistency. So whoever is playing the best needs to be in the starter lineup. Here's like the, the whole point of, Who's my, you know, who's this and that? It's over. No, it, there's no more experimenting anymore. I think, uh, uh, I think Oscar, if, if this is working for him and he wants to try it out again against DC, that's fine. But uh, not this system will work for every single team in the MLS, right? Um, it's just, it's not a classic formation. A four-four-two, you see it all the time. A four-two-three-one, you see it all the time. A four-three-three, you see it all the time, but this type of formation it does work with certain teams, not with everyone, not every single one of them. So, um, uh, and so let's keep watching the video here. So that's the score, uh, great assist by Gaston Gonzalez. You know, um, I think this was the best game we've seen from him. Like he really, he showed yeah. what he could do of that left-hand side. Yeah, uh, more more time than we've seen him in any game. And I think that he he was, in some ways, more effective than Angulo in the, and, of the game. Now look at that ball from Facundo Torres right here. You know? 
And then Angulo again with the chip. Goes in the crossbar. And then the Helen of the Heartland. Huh? He, yeah, I mean, yeah, look just, at that. What a power header. Look at yeah, that stance. Yeah. I mean, he gets. Yeah. And look, there's one, two, three, yeah, four. There's, there's like, like, I mean, it's like the whole defense is like, back it's, there. it's a little bit of luck that the ball bounces like yeah. right up in front of him. But right. The fact is that he's he's there, right? He hasn't given up on the play. Right. He doesn't I give think, up on the play. No. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, he never gives up. And that's why he's getting these goals. Like, he's, he's a scrappy forward who's determined. And that's what's ending up in situations like this where he's able to score goals. I think you were saying about consistency and who needs to play. I think I think McGuire has fully, you know, put his hat in the ring to say for sure. You kind of have to start me now. Like I, I'm the guy. Who's, you know, if we're talking about who play your best players, play who's in form. You can't argue then that McGuire shouldn't be starting again. Try why? Why don't they try um, two strikers too? I thought about that. You know, I in a weird way, like a. Maguire and Ojeda or Maguire and Torres, like two up front could be could be really exciting. I think we have a lot of options if you did two strikers. But again, you want to try and find that striker partnership that complements each other and then you play those two. That's the that's the way you work with a a striker team, as it were, right? So who are those two? You'd have to figure that out and, and see where chemistry works as two strikers up front. I, I don't think it's an Oscar thing to do. I would love to see it, but I, I don't think he would ever go 4-4-2. I think that's too too attacking for him. I think that goes against his like core fundamental principles, right? But what if what if Ramiro and Duncan work? I mean, I mean, I mean the classic big man, little man. So that would be that. There are there are squads you experiment a little bit with, right? And uh, I think our experimenting time is going to start with League Cup and U.S. Open, right? Um, I think it would be great for to 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 start seeing two strikers up top. Um, let's see how that works for us. You know, um, maybe Facundo and Duncan. You know. Um, so either way, just the the stance and the way he just was uh, effective, right? I think that's what uh, everyone is praising Duncan Maguire. Everybody's saying that uh, Orlando City runs on Duncan, right? So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, f- phenomenal win. You know, uh, everybody's saying, uh, uh, some people online, unexpected win. Dude. Like this is a fantastic win, and, and, and the morale of the team was an all-time high. Uh, I want to give a a shout out to Rodrigo Schlegel. He just he just got a his little girl, baby girl, was born, and uh, you know this was a fantastic W to celebrate the birth of a new Lion fan, you know, and a new a new Orlando City fan, you know, um, a baby lion, a baby lion, and then. You know, um, also, uh, I want to say, and going back to the lineup, what a game by Pedro Galese, right? I mean, if it wasn't for Pedro Galese, <laughs> you know, I think we definitely would have gotten that w, that, that L, that fat L. Yeah. I mean, and then everybody would have, <laughs> yeah. then, another, then another subject would have started rising. Yeah. You know? I mean, oh, I my think that's, God. That's it, right? It's, 
It's a win, but we did in some ways we didn't really deserve the win. And Pedro, you know, doing Pedro things is part of the reason that we steal three points here. Part partly it's the subs coming on and changing the game, but it's also Pedro keeping us in the game up to that point. Yeah, so you know, Galese to me is uh Having uh, the time of his life here in Orlando, uh, the pink kid now, the front office decided that the pink kid is, you could buy your pink kit now. Uh, I just think a phenomenal performance by Galese. Uh, he saved us right in the beginning, uh, the end of the first half and the end of the second half, right? Uh, he played with, with heart, man. I mean, and uh, you're talking about another man of the match. Aside of Duncan Maguire, who scored the winning goal. Pedro Galese by far, you know. There's a lot of rumors, and I'm going to say this because these are garbage rumors. I'm going to say this against my Peruvian colleagues. They uh, There's rumors saying that a Spanish team may want seek the services of Pedro Galese. It's a low-bottom team. There's no way he's going to leave, guys. What, you know? uh, what Spanish team is this? Celta de Vigo. Uh, I mean, were they in... I don't even know where they are now. I'd rather, play, I'd rather play in Nottingham Forest, dude. Are they in a PBBA or are they in the... Yeah, the, no, they're they're like low tier. Like, uh, okay. Like, I mean, uh, they're playing the first... He, he really likes it here. Like, he's just happy. Yeah, no, family. no. His whole family... He just went to... He doesn't want to move, so... Oh, he doesn't want to move. Unless I mean, they're throwing crazy money at him that's like you can't say no to. I don't see him going anywhere. I, I, you know, he's... He's at the goalkeeper as he can just stay here till he's 40, right? So why would he go anywhere? He doesn't and, need to. He's, and I think know, he's happy here. Yeah, he's happy here. He's he's uh he's uh the staple of the, the team uh right now and and it look every weekend, every game we see him doing crazy saves, right? Uh and in this game, he was a huge part of why Orlando also that he was a cornerstone in the defense. You take him out, and I mean, yeah, yeah, you got Mason, and then you got Adam, but I mean, Pedro is right there, the the, the ring general, right? He he's he's right there to command the back line, and uh, I think uh, in the forty fifth, uh, in the forty first minute, uh, that shot from um, Jong was crazy. That the and then in the eighty fifth minute. Or the Argentine, um, the Argentine, uh, what's his name? Frag, Fragapane, or Fragapane, Fragapane. Fragapane. I, I, uh, I don't know. Well, anyways, I mean, that was outstanding. Now, um, you want to talk about DC? Yep. Let's talk about DC. And, uh, look to the future. Yeah, I mean, DC comes from beating Montreal, right? Uh, Come from meeting Montreal and uh, one one nil, right? And uh, I I believe that you know they do have a. I mean they're we're going to be playing at home, hopefully uh, with a huge crowd. And what a win it would be for to beat them at home, right? And and break that cycle of nonsense and negative Nancys and you know and and everyone saying that Orlando's going to lose at home and why am I here? Well, you know. I think it's we we've done, you know, away win, home loss, away win, home yeah. loss. So let's break the cycle. Oh wait, other way around. So we just had a away win. Let's get a home win to break these stupid 
whole losses that seem to be happening. We, what, what this trend is to end, and this is yeah. the game to end. Like, we thought the Charlotte game was to end it. Now this really is the game to end it. So we need three points. I think Oscar also just needs to hear the crowd cheer at the end of the game at home, you know, because he's getting these road wins and doing really well, but the team is not getting the praise because they're away when they win, right? There's a little, yeah. There are some supporters in every game, which is always cool to see Orlando City fans at away games around the U.S., but we need we need them to get the win at home so we can do a big crowd and a chant and we can do, you know, the yeah, bless he clap and everything. So uh, we need a bit of positivity at home. Um, and, and this is, like you said, this is... Cherry on the cake. Yeah, like we should have got the win away, and that exactly. kind of got robbed a little bit from us by that, you know, fluky, great goal, but in a lot of ways, fluky goal that, that Doug Durkin scored last time uh, to make it 1-1. So I still feel like we're not done. Like you said, there's that history between us and D.C. and Wayne Rooney, and and it's almost like I want to just put that to an end and, like, let's win this game and then say this thing with D.C. is no more. We put it to bed. But three points, and uh, you know, say that for now on, we're just going to beat DC. That's what I want to see. Yeah, uh, Ruan is going to come back into Orlando, right? Uh, visit a, it's a familiar face. He's been starting the past few games for DC. He's he's not been, you know, he's been coming off minute seventy, minute sixty-five. Um, really, not 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 making that much of a of a noise of an impact of uh, as uh, of importance as he was with Orlando City when he was in the team but uh, nonetheless he knows how this Orlando City plays he knows Oscar he knows the systems that he plays what he likes to do so that's one thing that I'm sure the coach is gonna Rooney is gonna talk to him but hey Hey, what are they gonna do next? Or like, you know, like, hey, give me, give me some, give me some nuggets, man. You know, let, you know. Um, but I think the the key here is going to be, um, you know, the good. These two midfielders, Klitsch and O'Brien, they're playing phenomenal. They're playing really good. Um, and Christian Benteke, right? You don't want to leave those scramble in the in the box b- balls those rebounds he's going to take advantage of those i think this is where rooney is showing his you know knowledge of english football right like he's gotten found lewis o'brien was a guy who i don't know if you saw but last in the summer nottingham forest got promoted and they signed mm-hmm. like be registered because they had so many players they couldn't even register him to play so he was left you know essentially not being able to play but still being under contract for Nottingham Forest um DC's come along you know Rooney's seen that scooped him up same thing uh, with with Klitsch he was out of contract I believe for um Leeds I think he was a Leeds player scooped him up so these are two guys that were just Premier League players not long ago like you know, low-end Premier League players, but still Premier League players. Christian Manteke, you know, very recently was a Premier League player. So you've got some real quality in this in this team for sure. Whether they're performing that great, you know, I mean, before they beat Montreal 1-0, by the way, Montreal are not good this year at all. So take that with a great assault. Up until, you know, before that, they lost to D.C., they drew to Chicago. Oh, sorry, they lost to Columbus, they drew to Chicago, they lost to New England, they lost to New York, right? So they're not really having a great season. And I think that they have a defensive backline that's 
got some real problems and we need to exploit that. I think the midfield is an issue. They do have some good midfielders, like we just said, but that back line, we should be able to really cause that problems with the attacking players. And the, especially if we play this, this three center back to, you know, wing backs formation, I think that's going to cause them real issues that they're playing four, four, two, because we're just going to overlap them. Yeah. And then, and another thing is uh, to stop, uh, to stop uh, O'Brien and Canoes to link up uh, and obviously leaving, uh, be very, um, like those lags we were having in Minnesota with fast-paced attackers, uh, those three in the middle for Minnesota, uh, that should not occur against DC at home because Venteke will take advantage of those balls. I mean, he's an experienced striker. Funtas has scored on us already in several, s several locations we face DC. So uh, those are those we have to be we have to treat this as an away game, right? Uh, believe it or not, we have to treat this Maybe as an that's away. That's the way we win. Maybe we just all games are away games now. Right. And, that's, and, 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 win, right? and I do want to say, you know, it, it is important for us to take a W out of this, out of these two games, because what I'm seeing is Orlando winning, and you still you still you know get people saying. You know, you know, we got lucky. We got the win. Everybody loves, loves the, loves the coach still. After playing like crap, who the hell are you? You know, like, like I'm just saying, like it's, it's crazy. Like to me, it's it makes it seem like, oh, you know, uh, you know, like who said it first? Does it really matter? Uh, what I'm saying is, we won. Like that's the whole point of the sport. It's a win or lose sport. So, and I do believe that the frustration should go away at least for a while after two back-to-back -back wins. And then Orlando City will be either fourth or fifth if everything goes our way. So, you know, uh, I think, now I think this is like two crucial games. You know, I think if Oscar loses these two home games, then, yeah. then you know it's a real, it's a real problem for him, and I think it's just only going to add to the the issues of people being upset and frustrated for sure. But if he wins both games, then a lot of those people are going to, you know, their arguments are going to get weaker, and they're not going to be able to say, you know, I really want to get rid of it because so far in the season we haven't been doing incredibly well, but we haven't been doing really badly either. So this next sort of month or so. It's a big, important time to see, do we swing up or do we swing down? And these two games are crucial to that, right? Two home wins would be great momentum. And then you're going into your next games, three wins on the bounce with a lot of confidence. And But I also think that part of these home wins needs to be getting, you know, the good performances. Like, we, we don't want to see ugly home wins. Like, we want to see some nice, attractive soccer. We want to see yeah. the best out of Ojeda. We want to see the best out of Torres, right? Like, it's not just about winning at home for Oscar. There are other things that fans want to see, and I can understand that. Like, I, I see that sometimes watching us is Oscar's tactics are not the most exciting tactics, and we've, we've watched that style of play for a long time. And I think that's where people are sometimes frustrated with him and, and his choices. But I also think that, you know, he can, he can change, right? Like he needs to adapt his tactics to maybe make things a bit more exciting and maybe a bit more attacking. And he has talked about that. 
Um, but we kind of need to see it in fruition, right? I think we need to see us be more aggressive. And like the opening of the Charlotte game, for example, that first 10 minutes, if we could play 90 minutes, like we played that first 10 minutes against Charlotte, where we were just attacking them a hundred percent, you know, it was, it was, I think we had like five chances in that first 10 minutes. Then we're looking like a really aggressive, really attacking team. And I think it's, Oscar has it in him to change. He just needs to to make it happen on the field. And we need less of these, you know, home losses where we just don't look that great. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest with you, I I just want to win. <laughs> so to me, I, I mean, I understand the whole fact of exciting soccer and the whole thing. Right, that's great. And that's going to happen eventually. I believe that Oscar wants to play exciting soccer. Same with the players, but you're playing in a league that it's uh, growing every year, every month. Uh, there's new players coming and new kids that are phenoms developing in academies. And there's always fresh faces and the intensity of the game. Every single player that comes from abroad tells you, I did not think the intensity was going to be this big. They get surprised. And a lot of people in South America don't realize how intense and how physical the MLS is compared to down south and uh, I mean you're talking about players like Gaston Gonzalez that was flying in Argentina now the team that he left it's in the bottom of the league about to be relegated imagine so uh, it's crazy so it, it's just it's just uh, also the scheduling of what Orlando gets and also how you manage to win uh, to me I just think the the praises will start for for Oscar, right? When he starts developing those home wins, and uh, and I think we're gonna see that hopefully. Um, you know, right now, uh, Fabian, uh, his coach Fabian, his his assistant coach, he um, put this on Twitter, right? And um, it's a chart of. You know, some of the, you know, he's one of the, pretty much saying he's one of the top MLS coaches, right? Uh, with with the highest percentage of of wins, right? 45.18%, 197 games won, 436 games played. He was an MLS coach of the year in 2016. 58% of his games are wins. I mean, I think that win percentage is the most important thing right like yeah. if you look at it because and it shows you he's on par pretty much with jim Curtin and greg vanny caleb and porter Vermees. like he's you know caleb porter like these are guys that you would say okay these are top level mls coaches so i think oscar has proven that i think he he's been around the league a long time he knows the league he's never managed to win an mls cup maybe that's sort of you know the thing that's against him here but he has won a supporter shield and if you're asking a South American, right, what's more important that you win all points or you win the the playoffs, they would say it's just straight up a league. So in some ways, you could say that's actually a win for him. I think overall, it shows that he's he's up there, right? He's, he's not as far off the pace that some people maybe describe him as being a bad MLS coach. I don't think you can say he's a bad MLS coach. I think he is, maybe some people say they don't agree with his play style, like we were talking about, that's a different thing from saying that he's a bad and most coach. I think right here you can see in 
percentage of wins and just the amount that he's achieved that arguably he is one of the better coaches in the league. Like that's, that's not really up for debate. You know, and uh, you know, tell, tell um, Oscar Pereja, in my opinion, you know, I, I believe Oscar Pereja and I, and I said this in my other podcast, I said, take him to South America. He would thrive there. And a lot of people downplay that because, oh, the MLS, you know, Mickey Mouse and, and you know, and, and, and Slatin came when he was old and, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Play, old players go to die there. No, but uh, it, it's different now. I mean, um, I think Oscar has a, um, he's a defensive-minded coach. There have been coaches like maybe Oscar. I will say an example, Cruz Azul. Uh, from Mexico, close to home, close to the United States. They have Juan Reynoso, Peruvian guy. Uh, give him a chance, starting as an assistant coach. I mean, he has a defensive style. He pri prioritizes defense. He doesn't play with a 10. Reynoso does not play with a number 10. And now uh, Peruvians don't like the way he plays, but he's now the national team coach of Peru because of the winning record he has in Mexico. And uh, now he's trying to bring, you know, Peru has this fancy passing style soccer that he pretty much is saying, I'm not going to play with a 10, and it's killing that style. Peru's playing through the wings. Like that, in, and, and pressing high, pressing on defense, and uh, some people are turned off by that. But if they're getting their results and they're playing good games against the big boys, I'm called the big boys, Uruguay, Argentina, Brazil, Ecuador, I will say, on that level. I mean, why not, right? Same with Oscar. The whole thing here is consistency, like you said, John. Consistency. Find your two systems to stick with. Put the players. That, so right now, for example, a, a great question by Joshua Tall. Well, Mikey Holiday will be able to play. Mike, Mikey Holiday, we have not seen them, right? He could have had great, great, probably um, games in the past and also probably some good practices. He should probably not start. I think we should keep Gonzalez and Angulo on the wings and then ease him back in into the starting lineup. I don't know. That's just my I, opinion. I was wondering whether we went to this three with the five because we didn't have a right like a right back but did the fact that mikey was out and then he said i maybe didn't want to play kyle smith as a right back and said okay therefore i'm going to play three center backs and two wing backs and have angulo as my right wing back now you know hey i don't know if mikey's going to be back for this game i know he got injured at the u20s for usa right so we haven't heard whether he's going to be back for this game or not if he is back for this game do you like you said does that change and then you go back to the four at the back and you're playing Mikey as your right back like we were before? Or do you say, like you said, Luis, like, look, we don't necessarily need to bring him back into the squad and we're going to play these wingbacks again and, and do the same as last game. I think it depends on whether Oscar with his two systems, like whether he wants to line up with the, the three or the four center backs. I think DC will play the four, two, three, one. Yep. So maybe he wants to just line up match and man for man. 
I don't know. It's you want to uh, you want to do the lineup. I think you're right that he's choosing between the two. Yeah, let's do it. I think let's give it a try. Who knows with Oscar, right? It's always a. <laughs> I think for sure there's some. Guys I think he that should stick. Like he see in the team whether we play what formation. I think there's some guys who deserve a start. Look, um, uh, this DC doesn't scare me at all. Okay. Now, I'm not trying to be – I don't want to say that, you know, oh, you know, we're a better team. I'm not downplaying D.C. at all, but it's just not a contender. In my opinion, he's not a contender for the title or for going to playoffs, in my opinion, right? Just like Inter-Miami, right? So those games we got to put away. So those are the games that we have to put away, all right? And so let's let's go ahead and do the, the lineup. Uh, obviously – we know this. El Pulpo, Pedro Galese, right? <laughs> There's, without him, I don't know. What we, I know what we would do. Uh, your center back duo. I would like to see AC again. I don't know about you, AC. Yeah, AC and Jansen. If we're going yeah. with the, which I think he will do four two three one. AC and I, I think it'll be AC and Jansen. Man. AC, he looked like he's ready to go again. We did talk about him you know, getting called out a few times, but that ball he played to um, yeah. to Gonzalez from like pretty much from the right back position all the way over to the left wing was just it. that we've missed that from the back line. Like Jansen can do it a little bit, but not the way that Antonio can. Uh, and then I, I'd be interesting to see whether he goes back to Petrasso or if we're playing this formation or whether he trusts Gonzalez to play a full left back role. I don't know. It's. Uh... I'll say. Uh, I'll say. Uh, AC Jensen and Rodrigo. I'll say keep that lineup. That's just my opinion. Sure, I mean, I, I think we can line I, it up that way. I want to go. I, we got a result with it, so why not? Yeah. So we could go. I mean, so Schlegel. Yeah, Schlegel's in there as well. And then you know, I think you're right. If you're gonna go with this, it's Angulo and Gonzalez. Yeah, there's no, yeah. yeah. For sure. I think uh, like I said, that makes the best use of their skill set and their their role. Like it really allows them to completely own their wing and run up and down and have all that space. Uh with the three center backs, it's it's Jansen in the middle and Schlegel was playing with the left side of the three, which I think because he is more athletic. Of being a bit faster and, than Jansen White. That's why Jansen was in the middle, even though he's the left-footed center back, just because he's able to cover in behind Gonzalez a little bit better than than uh, Jansen. Here, here is where I would make a, a, a change. I don't know about you. Yeah, I would. I would say Mauricio. I want you with DC. Uh, I want you with LA. Maybe I put you some minutes in the second half. But I think I would like to see in this game because, again, we're not playing like Portland. We're not playing uh, uh, Cincinnati. We're not playing uh, New York. We're, we're not playing Philly. We're playing D.C. Dagger Dan. I mean, I think he had a great game. I yeah. Think he, he's, he came in and immediately – he does something different in midfield from what Mauricio brings you, right? Mauricio is going to sit deeper and – play the ball around. He doesn't move around as much. Dagger Dan's much more athletic. He runs with the ball. And I think that's, you know, that second goal, you saw him doing that, opening up space. 
running at the back line. Um, he, I think he was unlucky when he had that start and it didn't really work out for him. And then he hasn't been able to get back in. I think he deserves a start. I also think that Mauricio has, he, he does like a good, like one or two really good passes a game, but there's also a lot that he doesn't do. I think, especially defensively, he's not, mm-hmm. you know, we put him further back and I don't see him really doing anything defensively. Yep. And, uh, you know, that as much as, I think that's okay if you're further up the field, but in that position, it's, it's a bit of a luxury we can't really afford. Um, I, I know that he is the creative outlet and a lot of the things run through him, but I think that's also a hindrance because those games where he's not performing, then we're not performing. Like he didn't really do anything in the first half of this game. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't, Mauricio this season is not the Mauricio of other seasons. I have not seen the same level from him. I think there's been some great passes every now and then, sure, but that's not enough for me to be the guy who's the creator on the field. So I but say we, give Dagger Dan a shot. This, this me too. I'm I'm completely on board with that. I am 110% with that. I think Dagger Dan should start. That's just my opinion. I think it is your opinion as well. If you are not playing with a 10, your wings need to be dynamic players. And what Orlando City paid for these players is for them to be dynamic, change of pace players. And you got them. And you're playing against a, a rival that is, that is not as good as you on paper, right? So Ojeda and Faku, I, I think I would like to see them again, right? Doing that, what what Minnesota was doing with um, with Lude and the other guy Holth Wayne or I forgot, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. The South African player, right? right. The South South African player. They were doing the arrows, the arrow point. Mm-hmm. Meaning is what what is, why is arrow point? And we have if you're listening, the arrow point is my striker retreats retreats uh, to be like a false nine and my wingers become my strikers that's an arrow point it looks kind of like a point like an arrow in a way so um i think that could be a good thing to see and then if they're going to be filtering and passing through balls through the box who better in my opinion i don't know about you i think he deserves it Duncan McGuire as a striker against DC. Yeah. I mean, I think he, like we said, he's, he's made a, an argument that I don't think you can ignore anymore. I think Oscar as well as he's not someone who we, we always say he doesn't really have, he's not a strikers guy. Like he doesn't expect his strikers to score 20 goals. Like he's expecting the goals to come from other places often in his systems. But Duncan is the kind of guy that I think actually suits Oscar's play style because of his, you know, he's like a pressing forward that's um, he's very aggressive. He's on the front foot. He's physical. He's willing to go and hustle at the front of the field and press, kind of similar to what Tesho would do for Oscar. And Oscar, as you see, why he like Tesho, Duncan could do a similar role for him. So I think the other thing with these wingbacks is they're putting balls in but there's no reason that those shouldn't be headed goals, right? So Gonzalez has got a great left foot putting nice crosses in. Same with Angulo, just like we were talking about. If 
Duncan McGuire is there. Why can't he be jumping for a header? You know, why can't he be getting in behind, hustling a guy to steal the ball off him and score in the back of the net? I think his attributes as a striker are more suited to this system. Um, and I think he's also can do the stuff you were talking about as a false nine. Like he is able to bring in. Okay, yeah. Back, like he has that. And he has hustle. Yeah, yes, hustle. Ball defeat. Yeah. So, so I don't, I don't think you lose anything that Enrique was doing by taking him out of the field that McGuire can't do, right? But then McGuire adds in a bunch of other, just by the the variation of the type of striker he is, he's adding in more opportunities to score in different ways that Enrique just just wasn't really able to do. Yeah, and I think it's all about partnerships and linkups, right? So I think they should, and if they're listening because apparently sometimes they do. Try this system in the practice, guys. And, uh, like, try to find link-ups. And, I mean, in, in, the, in the process of the game being played and how, you know, the stamina and the, and, and the dynamic and the, and, and the fast-paced, um, you know, the, the minutes that go by, you know, the game, the tension... Uh, you're gonna find link-ups, and I think Ojeda and Angulo, you may see him link up, or even we'll see that Ojeda Faku link up that everybody's talking about. Like, when we, why can't we see that, right? Um, I also think that if even if it's the four, the you know, four, two, three, one formation, I still think Dagger Dan and McGuire should be in that starting 11, right? Like, it's the they're the way that changed the game doesn't really matter in the system. What they bring is something different. And we saw that with the, them coming on and changing the game. Yeah, definitely. So um, the starting 11 that we pick for our next uh, game against DC is as follows. Galese as your goalkeeper. You have uh, three center backs, Schlegel, AC, Jansen. You got two win backs. You got Ivan Angulo on the right and uh, Gaston Gonzalez on the left. You got your six, which will be Cesar Araujo. Your eight, which will be Dagger Dan. No Mauricio Pereira for this game. So who's going to create? Put it in the feet of the people that know the best with the ball or they get the, the most bank for their, like, uh, the, the, the people that we pay their salaries. Right? Oh, well, the club play, pays their salaries, right? The star-studded players, Ojeda and Faku, they'll be your wings. Yeah. Ojeda on the right, Faku on the left, and then right up top as your nine or false nine when they go in transition, Duncan Maguire. I think that should be the lineup. I'm happy with this lineup. I was wondering, do we think maybe taking Mauricio out there allows Ojeda and Faku to be more of that curator on the field? Is that, you know, like as... We're talking about with what Matt Doyle was saying, where they all want the ball to defeat, right? Is it that there's too many of the guys on the field doing the same thing? So maybe take one of those out, and then yeah. that opens it up for things that revolve around Faku or Ojeda more than they would when Mauricio's there, and he's kind of that linchpin creative attacker. Right, and then you can, in the second half or minute 75, let's say Orlando is up 2-0 first half. Then minute 65, minute 68, you take out Dagger Dan, you put Mauricio, you can maybe even put Cartagena for, Araujo, for Araujo, and then you can, whoever's tired, Ojeda or Facu, okay, subbed out, you put Ramiro Enrique right there. He can play that position, right? Uh, 
you know, so the good thing about Orlando City is that they got options, right? Now, now they got options to, to make this work. They just need consistency. And these two home games are vital, vital, vital. If we get zero, <laughs> knock on wood, zero out of these two upcoming games, it'll be disaster. It'll be that's when the seventh sounded trumpet is going to start sounding from the sky. You're going to start seeing thunder and lightning. And, you know, you're going to start seeing the cow from Twister coming through. Right. So uh, I, I'm saying that with, with all the respect, uh, I feel like these are two attainable wins for Orlando coming up at home. Well, you know, and so let's read some comments. Uh, Gold, Gold Tube TV missed the game, but I was able to watch the highlights. Galeza, a thousand percent. Uh, he says, what's the deal with Maguire? I heard both positive and negative opinions about his his performance. Uh, I heard uh, more I heard more positive, man. <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't know what negative anyone has to say about Duncan no? Maguire. I mean, not in this last game, right? I mean, guy came on and scored the winner, so there's no there's no minuses for him. Right. I, he's had I don't really think I've I don't think he's done anything wrong. I think he's done very well with the few opportunities he, he has and he he looks like our best striker at the moment. Like he's our most informed striker. So, and another thing I want to say is like you know the fans need to need to support. I mean, and, and I understand, and I know this is a broken record, but it's true. I mean, we just come from a massive win away against Minnesota, a team that probably had the firepower to beat us. Okay, let's be completely honest. And uh, you could still hear people not being happy with the win. And it's sad. Like, and so don't you think these players read this? Don't you think maybe their family members are reading this and telling them? So when they go play at home, now you're going to even put even more pressure just because you're a season pass holder. You got to put even more pressure on these guys to like play as if it was a final. I understand that that's the way it should be sometimes. But we gotta we gotta be happy for the wins and upset for the losses sometimes. But we also have to know what we say sometimes, right? We gotta be a little bit more mindful because uh, there's some people that just I feel like they're talking basketball or or other sport. It just doesn't make any sense. But uh, I think those are to me. I think we could do six out of six uh, out of this upcoming two games. Hopefully. Um, now, uh, let's do some – I have some, some info here uh, regarding the game too. Um, where is right here? Duncan Maguire, his second uh, goal of his professional career. You have uh, Gaston Gonzalez, his first assist uh, in club history. Then you have uh, Orlando City is the first team in the MLS – to name 10 South American players in a starting lineup. Now, this I has mean, sparked a lot of... It had to be us, right? I mean, surely. Like, right. It's someone, it's someone else right, to take right. that accolade. I'd be like, wait a minute. We've got a lot of South Americans. That should be our award to have, right. I guess. If it's an award. I don't I don't really know how to feel about that. I think it, and, just, and, it just says what we already know. We have, we have a lot of South Americans. Yeah, and it's been... And there's been a lot of, you know, some people are like, oh, you know. 
some people are like, oh, but why, why, why so many South Americans? We should uh, promote more, uh, you know, American players. And we do. I, I do think it's a shame we don't have any like USA stars. Like, you know, Mikey Halliday is the only starter 11, like who, who I would consider a starting player. Who's, who's an American. So I think there is a, a little bit of a disappointment. We don't have more. I mean, homegrown talent is different from, you know, USA talent. Like those are two different things. We have, we have homegrown players who aren't necessarily American, but they are homegrown. Um, and I think, all the South Americans is just, it's just what, you know, we have South American GMs and we have had South American owners in the past and we have a South American coach. So we had a lot of South American contacts and scouts. So we just, we filled our squad with people from South America. So the fact that we have 10 of them in the lineup, I don't think is particularly surprising. So some people are saying, uh, you know, how they feel disheartened by Orlando city that if they want to see a South American team, I'll watch Brasilia, Brazil Serie A or the Argentine Primera División. Um, that Pareja doesn't respect American talent. I think that's just a little far-fetched. I would say if he would not respect American talent, then what did he do at FC Dallas? What did he do at the Orlando City Academy? It just doesn't make yeah, any I mean, freaking I think sense. Uh, I think that's, that's the counter-argument. Yeah. And that's what no. you don't realize with a lot of these guys. Like a lot of them... The South Americans, but some of them now have U.S. citizenship, right? Exactly. So yeah. it's like, yeah, they they are expats like me. Like I'm originally British. You can't tell because I'm American now, my accent, and I'm American citizen. But you know, you're uh, I'm also British. So some of these guys are are now what you call naturalized, naturalized citizens. So they are Americans as well. And then you know, you know, then they make the point about how Benji is thriving in Portugal and how Kamal Miller, Richie Larea, and, you know, they're, they're in different teams. They were never given an opportunity. And I do agree with that part. In a way, Kamal Miller should have never left. And I think me and you agree on that, John. And yeah, I mean, I, I tweeted about that, that I was like, these guys, we should never. And it's, it's like I understand trades and everything happens and, and you get deals that are done, you know, like they get your in. I can never say his name. The guy we got, and then he went to St. Louis. That probably oh, uh, Joaquini. Yeah, Joaquini. It sounds like that was pretty much lined up for him always to leave. But yeah, I think particularly Orea and Miller are just two that I see them doing so well in the league, and it just yeah, it kind of kills me that I knew that they were our players. And I think like like this formation we talked about, like Kamal Miller is like oh he he plays that three at the back. This would be perfect. We could throw Kamal Miller into this three at the back formation. He'd be you know, instead of Schlegel, he'd be a massive improvement in that position. And Richie Larea is just such a talented player as well. And, you know, seeing those guys do so well, it just kind of, it, it bums me out. I'm like, oh, I wish we could have made it work where they stayed here and we're still playing for us. And, and you well, know, and then we could be this, proud that they were guys who came through our academy, right? Now, Oscar has nothing to do with those players not being in this team anymore. Uh, now, the, the Kamal Miller situation was just more of like a trade. By the and way, that trade is insane. It's, it's and, insane. And Miami has somehow, like, whoever is in Montreal, take a look at yourself because you just right. gave away one of your best center yeah, backs. Yeah, one of the best center backs. In the stupid, league, probably. Like, he's up there stupidity. as a really top center back. And you, just, you gave him away for a million dollars to Miami. Like, And that I was going to come and 
I, I hope he doesn't come and like score against us. Like, that would be really upsetting. Him in a Miami shirt scoring against us in Orlando, how upsetting would that be? But what happened with Richie Larea was crazy because from my understanding is that the former coach, so this is before Oscar, they don't, they don't want him in the team. Said that he didn't have uh, enough talent to play MLS level. Like you gotta be some sort I think of. They, uh, they didn't know what to do with him, right? You know, right. He's like, a right it's... back who's small, and then like he was kind of a right winger for us, but then they turned him into a right back at Toronto, and then that kind of changed things. I think sometimes managers don't just don't know what to do with the player, and like they don't know like how to put them into their system, so then they get rid of them. But then in hindsight, another what happens is that another manager comes along, and they're like, actually, I could have used that player; he would have been perfect for me. So. Sometimes things are made because currently it doesn't suit, but that doesn't mean in the future they couldn't then be a bigger part of the squad. No, I I do want to say that we're going to see the depth of what Orlando City is all about, Leagues Cup and uh, and, uh, Open Cup. Why? Because we're going to see the fruits of our labor, the fruits of Orlando City's labor, Uh, the fruits of Oscar Perejas and his staff, Javier Carrillo, all those guys' labor, the academy. Yes, my friends, the academy. You're going to have, you know, players like, you know, Fabian Loyola. You're going to have players like Juninho. Maybe Juninho and Araujo mesh. Maybe that, you know, maybe that's the missing piece of the puzzle. We're going to start seeing depth. Um, Now, Orlando, Orlando, it's making huge strides uh, youth-wise. So now uh, you also don't want to... I think Orlando get got these players to obviously contend for a championship, right? So so I believe that their process is bring these kids from OCB, put them in the League's Cup, put them in a, a open Open Cup, mesh them with the first team, see how that plays out, and then next season, we are going to start seeing maybe some of these faces in the first team. To me, there's players that, like Freeman, for example, Beast, right? Uh, Alex Freeman, Beast. Uh, you have uh, Thomas Williams. You have uh, Wilfredo Rivera, which is in, in the bench, but still a great player. Puerto Rican national team. You have um, Fabian Loyola. There's uh, a lot of dynamic he, players. Right before the pod, I saw that Reed Brown and um, Grandas, Granados from Granados OCB are, just got called up to the, the U18s for USA. So there's another example. You know, and so Orlando has a top academy, man. Orlando has a top academy in the nation. This is something that we should be proud of. And that's why I'm saying, guys, we need to really like listen to what, what the hell we're saying sometimes. Like, like listen to yourself. Like, what am I saying? Like, am I really like, am I just mad? You know, we there's a lot of positive happening in the club, not just um, when it comes to culture, the growth of the club, the re- the reachability when it comes to Homegrown players, and the whole point of having your own homegrown academy is to these players to go to other teams too, and to sell them and, and create profit for the club. Like you know what I mean? Uh, it's not just for us to have all homegrown a whole squad of homegrown players. You have to have 
some 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 people from a different country or some you know other pieces added in, right? Uh, so um, I'm I'm happy uh, with how the club is going when it comes to the direction it's going when it comes to the the player situation. I don't know what what do you think about that, uh, John? Before we close, yeah, I mean, I'm really I think OCB is an example of that, right? So I kind of jinx them. Because I started talking about how well they're doing, and then of course, oh, yeah. last night they lost three-one to Atlanta United too. But it, uh, it wasn't a great game for them last night. They they uh, they didn't look like the to OCP from the other two three games that we'd seen. So, but also Atlanta United had some guy called Firmino who came on who played as if he was the actual Firmino from Liverpool and just cut OCP open and scored two goals in the zone. Um, we we almost got back into the game, but uh, we just we weren't able to. So, um, but overall, their season is doing really well, and we're getting all these call ups. I think that the, some a lot of people talk about you know what we talked about what happened in the GA Cup with all the youth academy kids doing so well there. I think the future is you know bright, and the future is purple, as we would say here in Orlando. So I, I'm I'm happy about the way things are going. I think. Sure, you can you can look at the season and say we're not maybe where we would like to be. I think we got a lot of preseason hype. I got preseason hype. I'll admit that. I was like, oh, yeah, look at all these players. We're going to do it so well this year. Um, but I, I think that maybe we haven't quite hit the, the level we want to. But I don't necessarily think we're having a bad season. I think it's it's been an okay start, and we can improve on it from here. Yep, and uh, let's do some more comments. It says, uh, Facebook user, thank you. Saludos, gente de Argentina. I want Orlando City. It says, hello from Argentina. Let's go, Orlando City. All right, thank you so much, Facebook user. There's probably the... uh, a Martin Ojeda or a Gaston Gonzalez fan, I'm sure. Probably, right? yeah, yeah. Joshua Tall, I agree. I believe OC can win the next two games. Yeah, man, we have to come out, you know, just, you know, these players, they, they, you, there's no one single player in the world that goes to a soccer pitch that is in the career of football, career of soccer. Hey, uh, by the way, today, um, I think it's my time to lose today. Um, hold on. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm losing today. Uh, I do want to let everyone know I'm losing, by the way, today. No one goes with that. Everybody wants to. You know, every it's just you know what happens within the game. You're playing a team that's definitely in a different level. You may be having mark someone marking you that it's some someone that it's uh, bigger and stronger and looks faster than you. Hello to Angulo against Nashville. I mean, he, he was a win back and he was completely overpowered in that position. So. It, it, those are things that mentally they have to overcome game by game. And it's a long season, and I have full faith that they'll be able to overcome it. Uh, so uh, let's see. I, I don't, we don't have any more comments. Um, anything else uh, you want to add uh, before we, we go, uh, John? No, I think I just, you know, excited for a home game and a potential. I feel the hype like I kind of felt before the Charlotte game, where it's like this is a. This is a game where I want to see us get, you know, two or three goals and really open up and, and be super aggressive and attacking. And I just hope that we don't make those same mistakes that we did against Charlotte, right? Like we were all over them and they just had a couple of counterattacks and they win that game 2-1. So I want to see 
<laughs> the similar level of attacking performance without yeah. those, you know, those, those few mistakes. Um, and I think that, I think they have it in them and six points over these next two games would really kick us off for the next part of the season and just push us forward. So, and I also want to, you know, get that home win. I think that's, that's so important. And, yeah, I think uh, the fans know, deserve it. The fans yeah, deserve I just, it. I want to feel that, you know, I want to see a goal at home and everybody go crazy and, and having fun and, and then the, the final whistle and the players getting to enjoy that. Like we said, I think that's been – that's really what's missing this season is the positive vibes at home. So bring home three points and then let's go again against, uh, against L.A. I want to see that same resilience they show in every away game. I want to see it in the next two games. It is vital for them to have that same resilience. And um, every single player, and, you know, they know they're not, they read everything before, right? They, they, they see everything. They know that they, they owe the fan some excitement at home. And I, and I believe that this is a turning, this is a turning point right here. You know, uh, make, but they also need the supporter too. So they need the supporter there to be rallying them up, right? Dressed in purple, ready to go. And I sure no doubt we have the best fan base in the world. It's just that, you know, they need to show that same resilience, that same intensity that they find a way, especially defensively, mimic that at home. And we're playing against, and let's put, I'm going to put the, the standings real quick before we go. Um, you know, and you know, we need a. We're playing against teams that they are not doing so great uh, compared to us. Um, so we we'll look at our other standings. Orlando seven, right, and then you got DC United right there. You know, like if if DC United beat us at home, they will. They 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 we breathe life into their lungs. Pretty much. We we revive a corpse. You know, we give them the right a sensu bean to to DC United. You know? And like if we get this winning against DC and then another winning against LA, that's then we're five, two and two on right. record, right? So yeah. then it's arguably okay, a very good start to the season. You get five you really lost twice, you got five wins and two draws. So this, like we said, is so vital that we, we come out of these two home games in the right direction. We, we don't want to be coming out of these two home games with two losses. That's, that is a real nightmare scenario that I don't think will happen, but could happen. And, and then it's a different conversation after those two games, right? Whereas if we win the two, then everything is, is peachy. So very then- crucial couple of games. And then you're playing against DC uh, LA Galaxy, a team that it's 13, like second to last, right in the West. And Negative. most importantly, winless. Like, yeah, not, winless. Not, they haven't won and, a game. And look at the goals, goals against negative seven. So this is a huge opportunity for Orlando to show their firepower here. Like if, and against the five-time MLS champion, like. Look! Look at the stats. Like they're giving Orlando winning probability forty-eight to twenty-four already. So, and they come from losing against El Tráfico, right? And by being uh, plumbered by Houston Dynamo, 
But I mean, so who's who's their back line? Uh, it's Jalen Neal is really the only yeah Mavinga. Yeah, but yeah. the thing is, they're not like yeah, they're they're not that bad a team on paper, really. Like we said, you know, like similar to us, like if we were underperforming, someone would say, "Look, this team should not be doing this badly." Yeah. I think there's the same valet right here, you know. Like any team that's got Ricky Ricky Puge and I can never say his name right, and Shitarito in should not be doing this badly. Yeah, Ricky Puch, yeah, uh, Ricky Ricky Puch, uh, Ricky Puch. In my opinion, he's going to try to look for a penalty. Guys, you gotta watch out. And he's going to talk. He's going to talk. That's what he does. That's why he got kicked out of Barcelona. He talks a lot. Same with Chicharito. He's, he, he's going to try to, oh, I'm falling. That's what, he, that's what these guys are going to result to. But that's why. And Rodriguez, Uruguayan, I don't know why this guy still plays the sport. I mean, this dude should have retired like a long time ago. That's just my opinion. But you're talking about this is two teams that we can certainly give all 25,000 Orlando City fans that hopefully are in attendance for those two games. A nice couple of wins and then uh, situate us in the table in a really good position. And then this whole, you know, we can unite as a team, right, as, as a fan base and just, you know, look forward to what's coming next after that, right? Um so let's see. Uh, GoTube TV says D- DC Pedorro team. OC Lions gonna take a bite out of them. Three points. Stay at home. There you go. Uh, go uh, says Joshua Tall. And if we win, we could possibly go to close to fourth. Yeah. And then what are people gonna say? Oh, we're fourth, but um, I don't like how. Um, wait. Let me wait here. Uh, I don't know what to write on my Twitter. Oh my god. No, no, there's nothing to analyze. If if Orlando wins six out of six, I think we're gonna hear that silence. That's just my opinion. I don't know. Sorry, sorry to laugh, but I just think it's hilarious. You know, it's just gonna be you know a little funny to me. Like if if Orlando wins three games, like one away, two at home, and I think it's gonna be great for the city, and it's gonna give just uh, a breath of fresh air, right? Of what's to come. So um, before we go, anything else you want to add? Oh, uh, Orlando Pride. Uh, they unfortunately lost. Whew, tough loss. Uh, last 10 minutes of the game uh, against Gotham. Gotham, honestly, I expected more out of Gotham. Uh, and uh, they really didn't do much the whole game. It was all Orlando. They just couldn't couldn't capitalize on their chances. And then the last 10 minutes, there was a controversial penalty. In my opinion, that penalty, maybe if they took so long to revise it on VAR, that means that it was inconclusive. So why the hell do you revise it so much? So um, after a bad VAR call, in my opinion, uh, Gotham scored off a penalty. And then unfortunately, because these are young players, they kind of stumbled upon, especially the back line. They 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 didn't see Lynn Williams coming through the flanks, and she just pummeled and scored a two-one. Turn it around in the last ten minutes. Gotham won at home uh, in front of five thousand fans, right? And um, on to the next one. You know what I mean? On to the next one. They got uh, North Carolina Courage coming up next on Wednesday. 
If you have nothing to do on a Wednesday night and you want to definitely have a great time, go see the Pride. Support the Pride. Uh, they, they definitely need your support. Uh, they're a fantastic uh, group of uh, athletes. And we should have them very soon here at uh, LPL, hopefully. Uh, we'll be working on that. And we also will have an announcement uh, in the next few days uh, regarding a guest that's going to be with us soon. So we're definitely excited to, not to say it just yet, but it will be on our social media. Uh, anything else you want to add, um, John? No, just uh, excited for DC and at three points at home. Get that W. Yep. Well, I want to tell everybody, uh, you know, stay stay safe. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, on the weekend. And vamos Orlando. Take care, guys. Vamos Orlando. Have a wonderful day. Hi, this is Luis Carlos Pineda from Loud and Proud Orlando. I want to thank you for listening to us through Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Help us grow our purple community by following us on all our social media outlets. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're also available on YouTube as Loud and Proud Orlando. We're available on Instagram as Pineda underscore ORL. We're available on Facebook as Loud and Proud Orlando. And on Twitter, as LPO underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And vamos Orlando.